All right, you may be seated. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer. I'd like to start off with the scripture in Acts chapter 26, and it's verse 18. It says, To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Don't you like that um, God has more than just our physical or our natural things to consider in our lives and in our children's lives? We chose to have the panel here first so we could kind of hear, how do you put your hands on things? You know, how do you take situations with your children? How do we look at our children? How do we engage our children? How do we handle the things that our children are involved in from day to day? And put our hands on it and learn some of the practical things about how to do that. And these ladies did a fantastic job. But they all had one thing that was in common. They were all pushing us towards one direction. Can you tell us what that was? I hear a lot of sounds, but I can't distinguish any. Somebody shout it out a little louder. Prayer. Towards the Father. God's design for our children. Okay, all those things, great. So we all know that that was it. All these women were incorporating who God is in their lives and how they can deposit that into their children's lives. So for us as moms, let's first look at this from that perspective. We are moms. We are stewards of our children. As we said, we have seven children. And now we have children who are in college and one that's in uh, high school. And we've gone through a lot of different growing uh, places, a lot of different ways of training them and teaching them in the ways of God. But what I've come to conclude or come to decide, especially for this message today, and what God wants to do in terms of them being like clay in his hands, is what does this look like for our children from a spiritual point of view? What does that look like for us to deposit into our children's lives at this point? So in that scripture I read, one of the first things that Paul said was to open their eyes. To open their eyes. Now what Paul is talking about here is his own experience. And he's transferring it over into the calling that God has placed on his life. Paul was blinded by God on the road to Damascus. And before he was blinded, he was just doing whatever he wanted to do. But after God blinded him, he had to cry out to God and figure out what in the world he was supposed to be doing and why was this happening to him. Well, in that blindness, not only was he able to recognize that he could not see in the natural the things he had been looking at day in and day out, he couldn't see them anymore. It was dark. But as he was uh, struggling to get to see his his vision again, just in the natural, God began to speak to him about his vision that was not seen in the natural his spiritual vision, the darkness that was over his eyes, his spiritual eyes. And when God got his attention to do that, then Paul was able to come to God and to turn to God. Well, then Paul in turn turns and says, this is what I want to have happen to you. I want, that your, I want your eyes to be open. So what does that say to us? First of all, For us as moms, that's the first thing we want. We want our eyes to be open, open to the spiritual side, open to the light of God. But then we 
begin to be used by God. Is that exciting or what? I love being a mom. I absolutely love it. I loved the baby stage. I love the busy toddler stage. I love the um, inquisitive high energy stage that they go into next. The fours are always so nice and sweet. They give you a little breather there. Of course, don't hold it quite to the exact age, but somewhere around in there. And you get to really, they get a little less busy. You get to really look into their eyes, into their faces, and kind of hug, squeeze, and see all the goodness come out of them. And then you get to see them go on up into developing what would be called some strength and some stronger muscles and some direction, like what these ladies were talking about. What am I going to do? How am I going to be an influence? And starting to become a little more independent. And then finally on into high school. And it goes by really fast. And those of you who have kids in college, you know this. It's one of those amazing things that we got to um, where our kids were. Our first one had graduated from high school and was in college. And I remember thinking, wow, that went fast. It's like something, it's like that it, when, you, when they get into junior high and high school, it almost feels like it's going to go on forever. Well, when they're babies, it feels like it's going to go on forever. <laughs> That's really where it starts. Um, but then we get lulled into it. We think, oh, yeah, this is going to go on forever. And so we start acting like this is going to go on forever, forever, forever. And even in high school, we still think it's going to go on forever. We interact with them like it's going to go on forever. We insist upon things like it's going to go on forever. And then we get to this place where all of a sudden it's done. And I remember thinking, what? (laughs) What just happened? I still had a few more things, you know. I set more space here in my own mind, and I'm looking at something else here. And then it happened to us again where we had a, what I call the, um, the triple blessing, triple delight. We had two graduate from high school, and then um, another one, uh, well, yeah, and then one graduated from college. And then I was really blown away because that seems to have just come up on me. When you have as many as, I, as we have or more, you kind of start getting things in clumps, and you don't quite know that's going to happen. You think it's just going to be one at a time, but they kind of clump up for you. And um, so then they clumped up, and I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, did that just really happen? I've got three. Something really was turning and turning inside of me, like, where did time go? But I had just, I felt like I had just been just a glance away from when I was looking like, is this ever going to end? You know, are they ever going to, you know, how much longer? Am I ever going to get any more energy? Am I ever going to stop crawling for naps and crying and, you know, sneaking away on the floor and sleeping? Or and what's going to happen here, you know? Am I going to forever be in the kitchen making meals and, you know, what is happening? And sure enough, it happened that fast. And somebody tried to tell me that, but there, that's one of those things you just don't quite get until you experience it. You, I believed it. I kept it. But I didn't quite get it until it happened to me, and there it all was. Well, also during this time, back to what Paul is saying about turning, um, turning uh, from, from darkness to light, opening our eyes. Have you ever been with your kids where you've like, you really are going to like this broccoli? You're really going to like these green beans? This pineapple is delicious. Trust me. You know, you're going to prefer this broiled chicken rather than that fried have you tried all these things? Here, have these almonds. They're so good. This banana is the greatest. No, you don't want those chips. And they're going, no, I want the chips. No, I don't want it. No. And they're closing their eyes at the same time. No, 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 no. 
And then when they get older and you're like, you know, McDonald's really isn't that good. It's almost like they're closing their eyes with their eyes wide open. I think it'll be okay, mom. You know, but the whole time they're like, I'm getting McDonald's, you know, or I want McDonald's. And their eyes are closed. But then as they get older and you say, once you have convinced them to try the broccoli, even though it might be painful, you still insist, and they try the green beans, and they eat the pineapple, and they choose the banana, and they go for the almonds. Then they start to develop this, what I call their eyes getting open. They're like, uh, are there any more bananas in the house? You know? Um, I don't think I'm going to get McDonald's. You think maybe, um, can we do like some rice and broccoli? Or do you, did you make anything? Did you cook anything? Um, so their eyes are opening. All of a sudden, they're starting to think, you know what, I thought that this was the worst idea in the world, but I actually feel better when I eat this. They won't admit that right away. What was it? Somebody said, Danielle said, her daughter finally came back three years later and said, thank you, you know, for helping her to make some choices. Well, that's kind of the process of the eyes opening for our children. Of course, with Paul, it was very dramatic, but we see that our children can kind of have a gradual opening of the eyes and we need to be aware of that and we need to be pursuing that, to open their eyes. That's one of our tasks in God, to open their eyes spiritually. Because just like with the broccoli or with the other choices that they make, their eyes are closed. It's kind of like they're sleeping on the job or they're choosing to not listen or the other influences are stronger. Their eyes are weighed down. They're heavy with other thoughts. They're filled with um, just not having been awakened to it. Sometimes, you know, it can happen the first time you give some, a kid a piece of broccoli or green beans or some other vegetable, and they're like, this is so good, you know, and they're really excited the first time around. Others are like, mm-mm, I don't want it. But it's a gradual opening for some kids, and some it's a, an immediate opening of the eyes. Well, that's the same way it is in the spirit for our children. That's how it is. And that's what Paul is saying to us. He's saying to open their eyes. That's what we're asking God to do in our children's lives. Open their eyes so that they're no longer weighed down by the heavy weights of what sin has done, what the world has done, what our own bad habits have done, what tradition has done, or just what um, bad choices have done. The eyes are just heavy. They're weighed down. They're closed. There's darkness back there. And when we see... we. I don't know if you guys have done this with your children, but it's a really good um, little uh, activity to do. Turn the lights off and tell them to walk around in the dark and see where they can, I mean, of course, safe environments, obviously. Um, (laughs) Want to say that, don't have them where they're going to trip over things and stuff. You told me to turn the lights off for my children and they fell and cut their foot. No. I mean, in a way that's just like an activity for them, you know, go from point A to point B, very simple. And even if it is just a straight line, you can, it's really funny how crooked it'll be when they're on their way. So we should just kind of, like somebody said, gain some relief that when darkness is there, our children are under that darkness. And so some of the paths are not going to be straight for them. It's going to be hard for them to follow it. But the grace of God on our lives as moms is that we get to help them Get the lights turned on spiritually. And so when we bring them to that place of turning the lights on, where they can now see that they don't have to walk around in darkness anymore. They don't have to trip over things. 
they don't have to only live by what they hear and not what they actually see. Now, this light turning on is the light of the revelation of Christ. Now, one of the things here that's kind of interesting is that we can tend to think that our children aren't really ready for this. We can think, my child having a revelation of Christ? That was Paul, guys. I mean, that's what you're saying. Come on, Mrs. Fuller, that was Paul. He was on the road to Damascus. He was doing a lot of stuff. He had done a lot of stuff. Seriously, is there going to be a light that comes on in my child's eyes? Yes. The answer is yes. Do you think God is a respecter of persons? No, he's not. And we need to just drop that now. Everybody just drop it. Just let it go. Don't let our kids have, be disadvantaged by our own lack of faith, our own disbelief in the Bible. We have to believe in what the Bible says. So by opening it up in our own hearts, and our own minds, we can get over the fear of thinking that our children can um, turn from darkness. So we op- open their eyes is the first thing that um, Paul says here. And we can do that as well. And I'm going to sum all this up to make it very clear of how all this can work out for us. But there's some mistrust and some confusion. There's hurt. There's wrong thinking. There's wrong information, wrong advice. A lot of these things that are causing our children to have their eyes um, not open. And then he says to turn them from darkness to light. Well, once your eyes are open and you can see where you're going, you can turn from darkness to light. Would you choose to walk in a dark room to get a cup of coffee as opposed to walking in a room that is is lit, that's already lit for you to get a cup of coffee? It doesn't make any sense to choose the dark room, right? Well, that's once the eyes are open. If you're blind, you can't see. You're just going to do the best you can. You're going to fumble around and you're going to try to get what you need to get. And you're going to be satisfied not even knowing what it looks like. You're going to be satisfied with it. But once your eyes are open and then the light shines and you walk in the light, all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that way. Well, the same thing with our children. This is what happens when they walk in the light, when they turn from darkness. Because there is light, they can turn from darkness. But when it's dark, they don't know the difference. Nobody knows the difference when it's dark. Only God. That's why that scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. They are the same to him. He's not intimidated by it. And that's why we have to go to him. We have to find him. He is the light. And he is the light for our children. So when they are turned, when their eyes are open and they see the light, then they turn from darkness. And turning from darkness is the very thing that usually the struggle is about. We see our children doing things. We're like, why? What is going on? I'm not talking about, you know, normal Uh, easy, acceptable things. I'm talking about those things that we know are not good choices. Those things that we know they should not be doing. Even from an early age, you know, running and taking things they shouldn't take from someone else. Um, And we, you know, darkness for us, we think of it as, oh, only darkness, you know, because my kid took that, um, you know, took that whatever out of the pantry and ate it, is that really darkness? You know, or, you know, my kid did, you know, you can think of little things that I'm kind of removed from the little kids. But anyway, somebody can think about something that the little kids are doing and wonder if it's darkness or not. Now, it's not like this heavy darkness that you're thinking about with adults who are just so deep into something that it's like, you know, yucky, yucky, yuck, I don't want to go there. But it's more of seeing it where it is, you know, and then identifying it and going, okay, 
we need to choose the light. We need to see the light. We need to find the light. We need to shine the light. We need to show the light. <laughs> There's got to be some light on this situation. So as moms, that's what we need to do. Let's ask God for light. Let's ask him to show us in these situations. Let's ask him to show our children. We need to know it first, but we definitely are not just knowing it for ourselves. Doesn't that feel selfish that I know the light, but I'm going to deal with my children like they're in darkness and like I'm going to deal with my children in a dark way. And I don't mean, you, you understand what I'm saying about darkness based upon what the scripture is saying. That's not how we do it. I know the light and I want to interact and love my children in the light. I want to be with my children in the light. I want to show them the light. I want to shine the light. And that doesn't mean where we are just like insisting and pounding on things. It's where we let the truth be the truth. It's where we bring Christ to bear on our situations, where we walk in Christ ourselves, where we emulate Christ ourselves, where we bring him to the situation. And we say, well, you know, maybe God wants to show us something here. Kids aren't usually too... um, Um, mad about that. They're usually welcoming to receive help if we present it to them, right? So anyways, he's saying to turn from darkness and walk to light. So we want to see our kids do what what we say that we want them to do and what's right, but they have to turn, you know? They have to turn. And the wonderful thing about this that Paul is sharing is that it is the light that gives the power to turn. It isn't the option. It's the light. So when we give our kids options and we go, why didn't they choose the right option? I said they could have either, you know, I'm going to see if my child's going to choose right. Do you want the banana or do you want the french fries? It's like, really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> really? So this is not an option. It's the light that, t- that causes us to turn. It's the light that is the power. And this light is Christ. So this is what Paul is saying. Next he says... Um, let's see, I wrote down some good thoughts here. Um, so I want to read these. It says, um, we get mad at our kids because they won't do what we, what is right, or they won't listen to us. It's very possible that, um, if they don't know that they don't know any better, and it's also possible because the darkness is keeping them from knowing better and they want to turn. Have you seen a kid where they want to do it? And they're, they're like, they want to do it, but they can't quite turn. They're like, I want to do what mom is saying but they're just like having trouble. They're stuck. So these are the kind of things that the light can help our kids turn from. And especially as they're older, this obviously makes a whole lot more sense to us because we're, we're more mature now. And we understand that when you're older, you can actually, you can see somebody turning, you know, that that's what you're going for, but we've got to get our eyes to be broader. We've got to get God out of the box. We got to let him go so far down. We can't see him so high up. We can't see him so wide. We can't see him because that's where he's going in our lives and in our children's lives. So we got to let him do it. We just got to give him that permission. And then it says, we have to cry out to God for his grace and his help to us. Um, But once the eyes are open, then we can see which way to go. And then we love that. We celebrate that. We rejoice. We go, what a great choice. What a great idea. You did that. Look at the power of God in your life. Look at what you're able to do. Look at this. And so we celebrate it. Um, and then um, and then I talked about the darkness. Have you noticed that when you walk somewhere and it's dark, you don't even know which turn to make. So we shouldn't get mad at our kids. Not like that. We should get mad at our kids about certain things now. I'm not saying that, you know, be apathetic. But what I'm saying is the kind of mad that is the mad that is good to make changes. Because if you're driving 
and you don't have your lights on, you're not going to know where to turn. You're not going to have any idea. You could have been driving that same route forever in all of your life, but if it gets dark on you, forget it. And that's what we're talking about with our children. And so we can't really blame them to be, we can't get that kind of un, ungodly anger. That's what I'm saying. That's really what I'm getting at. We got to drop that. We got to lay that down. Sometimes I think that that's our resort. That's what we go to. That's our comfort. You can't figure anything out. We can't figure anything out. So we're going to just go grab, pick up this ungodly anger. And this is just what I'm going to carry around. This is how I'm going to deal with it. Oh, why will my kid do this? And why is this happening? And oh, and you know, and this ungodly. It's not what God is saying. You know, if there's darkness there, they can't see. They don't know where to go. They're bumping into things. They're driving blindly. They're walking blindly. They're responding blindly. So we don't want to um, be holding them into that in that place of captivity. And we also see that so many times we try to make our kids better by only satisfying the natural things, by only giving them what's most popular, what they're asking for, what they're demanding. Today, kids are demanding. They don't really so much ask as much as they demand, and then um, and they want, and we try to satisfy that with expensive things or um, or buying into things that maybe their friends have or a busy schedule. Just kind of riding that whole wave of um, allowing other things to take the place of the turning that God wants to bring in our children's lives. So don't pacify it with things or with activities or with positions. That doesn't mean we don't give things, we don't, that we don't do activities, that we don't enjoy what our kids want and let them have it and, and let them have, you know, different food choices. I'm not saying that. This is not about cutting things out of kids' life. This is about the whole idea of coming, opening their eyes and turning from darkness into light. That's what this is about, right? Everybody understand? Everybody with me on that? Okay, and then it says, turn from the power of Satan to God. Here's another thing. We think darkness is too heavy for our kids, so we don't like to think of our kids being in darkness. We think Satan is too heavy for our kids, so we don't like to think of Satan having an influence on our kids. But we must look at ourselves from the fall in the garden. And when we do that, it's not personal for us anymore. It's a real situation. And we start to look at our kids in a different way. We start to think, okay, I, I get this. I get and I understand that there was a fall that affected my child. Just like there was a fall that, effect, a fall that affected me. And so in this, who was the one that deceived Eve. It was Satan. So are we supposed to be naive to think he's not going to deceive anybody else except maybe certain people or certain situations? Are we supposed to buy into that? That wouldn't be good, would it? Doesn't make any sense. So when we look at this, and especially because Paul is saying this too, and Paul knows what he's talking about. He's saying to turn from the power of Satan to God. So it's not just us fighting against the situations. It's us understanding that there's a greater battle here. So, you know, the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what this is. Don't, we can't look at our children like, it's you, it's you, it's you. That's, that's crazy. We've got to look at them like what's really happening here, the fall in the garden. God wants to do something. God has brought compassion to bear on this situation. 
And that compassion is Jesus. That compassion is him drawing my children into a love relationship. That's what he's really after. That's what it is. God is so good, and he's so good to us, and he wants to bring so much good to our children. And we have got to grab that. We have to as parents. This is where we get our energy, our vibrancy, our life, our hope. This is it. It's all in Christ. And it's not, in, it's not where we divide ourselves from our children, but it's where we embrace and open wide our arms for our children. Be willing to have the difficult times, the seasons that Marianne talked about. Some things take a little longer. I always have to laugh because I would give myself so many breaks, you know, spiritually or in my maturing process. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm like, oh, Lord, I know I'm getting close. I'm just so gracious to myself. I'm so gracious, you know, and I'm so gracious to the point that I keep coming back to God, the one who's wanting me to make this move or make this change. And I still feel so good about the grace I'm giving myself. I'm coming right back to it and just as happy, not feeling threatened or anything. But what do we do to our children? What do we do? We withhold it, don't we? We're, we're, we get our own attitude. Of course, we're not God, but we are supposed to be like him. We're supposed to let him move through us. So we can't have these kind of off, half-caught attitudes towards our children. We cannot be out of balance with our children. We cannot be extreme. That is not going to help anybody. We just need to focus on Jesus being the center of it all, Jesus being the one. He's the one who leads me and guides me, and he's the one who leads and guides my children. He's the one who loves me. He has all ready paid the price and given us the victory. So this is the renewed mind. And the problem is we come face to face with our situation and then we forget all that. And we think, where is he? We think, I don't see the victory. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. We panic and may the Lord deliver us because he doesn't want us to be that way. So the power is thought of as strongholds. We've heard of this. They can be curses. They can be family decisions, deception, Fears, all these things are the way Satan wants to entrap our children and keep a hold on them. And all of this obviously leads to the same thing that Paul was talking about. He was like, I'm going to a people who are not in Christ, but who Christ wants to be in. And so he's saying they are going to need to get set free from the power of Satan. And that's what we're looking at in our children. And I always feel the need to clarify or to elaborate a little longer on this because of our whole image and idea of Satan. Again, we cannot physically attack Satan. Okay? There's no way to physically do that. So don't go at your children in a physical way. It's not God. That's not it. It's through prayer. It's through the Bible. It's through the word. It's through love. It's first through love. It's through love. It's in Christ. That's what he wants. If we're doing anything with our children, it needs to be checked by love. It has to be checked by love. There's no other way to embrace a child. So that's the first thing we have to do as moms. We have to stand in our position of love, and we have to fight against everything else. If it's something else that's coming up against us, we have got to resist it. Because a lot of times we confuse 
what's going on in our children's lives with what's going on in our lives. And that's got to be addressed. It has to be. So rather than just moving on, pressing on in life, marching on, and just keeping it going the way it is, and just going about it all wrong, we have to have a little checkpoint for ourselves. I think that's the air conditioning unit. Sorry, I'll try to talk a little louder. Um, then we see receive forgiveness. So all of this work that has been going on leading up to this, it's not just to say, ooh, this is a lot of work. Boy, we just got more work added to our parenting, you know. <laughs> I thought I was already working hard. I just got a lot more work. Now I've got to be looking at my children with spiritual eyes, and I've got to be reading the Bible more and praying, and I've got to let love abound in my heart and let that be the motivation and all this. But then it says here that we... Um, we receive forgiveness. And Pastor Tim Johnson was here a while back and talked about forgiveness. If you weren't here on that Sunday and didn't get to hear him, I suggest you go back and listen to that Sunday message. It was so powerful. There's forget, there's, he did the best you could want to hear about forgiveness and the freedom that comes with it and the power to forgive. Well, that's what God does for us. He forgives us. And when we talk about forgiving, the kind of forgiving that God gives us, how many have felt God's forgiveness? Isn't it incredible? There's no replacement, right? There's no replacement. That's what he wants to give to our children. Our children sometimes carry around guilt. Sometimes it, it has more of a real fullness for certain kids than others, but they don't know it. They don't realize that they're guilty. They don't realize that sin is really eating at them. We get to help them identify that. We get to bring it in for them. We get to shine the light. We get to go in and say, hey, God wants to forgive you for this. There's forgiveness for this. It's okay. Sometimes our kids do things that they feel absolutely awful about. And sometimes our kids want to do things that they can't do and they feel bad about the failure, that they can't get to the next point or the place that they should be. Forgiveness is there. Forgiveness is there. And that's what Christ wants us to do. He wants us to extend forgiveness to our children. Honestly, as parents, we need to extend forgiveness to our children. And we need to ask God to forgive our children. And we need to teach our children how to ask God for forgiveness. But sometimes we hold so much against our children or we get so locked up on something that we act like we've forgiven them, we pretend, we do things, but under it all there's this ugly current that's flowing, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, seriously, there can be a lot of really ridiculous reasons. And the best thing for us to mom, as moms to do is to take time, put them on the table, and let them go. And I don't mean put them in front of your kids. I mean in your private time with the Lord. Okay? I mean that. In your private time with God saying, Lord, I have, you know, I have held this against my child because I felt so bad that I had to do all this for him. Or that child made me feel ashamed. Or that child embarrassed me. Or I'm embarrassed of that child. Or I don't like the way that child looks. Or I don't like the way that child talks. Or I don't like the way this is so different than the other one. Or I don't like the way I have to spend all this time. All this resentment. All this stuff. This is the stuff that kind of bubbles over 
if you don't, and, you, and we, we will we'll put a pretty facade on it if we don't realize that that's what's really going on. And so not only are we not letting our children have forgiveness, we ourselves are blocking our own forgiveness. And here again, because they're children, we think, it's not the same. I'm talking about the <clears throat> lady who's my age. <clears throat> That's the one I need to forgive. Or the one who's older than me, or my mom, or my dad. We're talking about children too. Don't let it build up. Don't get unhappy. Sometimes after we have kids, some of the moms get to feeling like, now I'm overwhelmed. Now I've got to do all this. Now this has changed. Now, and then we start uh, t- projecting that onto our children. We try to get it off of ourselves and we project it onto our children. Can I invite you to a place with Christ? Let me invite you to that place. That's where that belongs. And honest to goodness, he takes it. He hears it. He takes it. He wants it. So don't hold on to it and project it on your child or your friend, your neighbor, your husband, your job, your career. Don't do it. Take it to Christ and say, this is what's going on, and let him receive it, and let him take it away, and receive his forgiveness. If there are sins in our lives, it's not time to cover them up. It's time to confess them and ask for forgiveness. When we confess our sins, he forgives us. Then we can teach our children how to confess their sins. We sometimes ask for the most impossible things of our children. We insist that they need to stop sinning but we won't stop sinning. We won't. It's a double standard, and our kids see it. They don't like it. So it creates something else there. So just be real, be authentic, be who you are. If you've got a failing point, if you've got a weak point, it's okay. As long as you're taking it to Christ, as long as you're acknowledging it and working with it, right? It's okay. We're We're not perfect, He is perfect in us, but we're not perfect. So let's release those things and let's be okay being ourselves and let's be okay repenting and asking for forgiveness and let's be okay teaching our kids that and showing them the way and letting them experience Christ. And it says here, after receiving forgiveness, um, it says, um, receive an inheritance. So God wants to give us so much stuff and we get to receive it. He's giving, 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 but until we receive it, it's just gifts sitting there waiting. They're just sitting there waiting, and we don't receive it. There's um, the, let me see if I missed it or not, receive the inheritance. There was one part that I thought was so great in that scripture where he said, um, oh yeah, it is in the inheritance. Uh, God wants our children to be with us. So sometimes there's this awful struggle. We want our kids with us, but we're pushing them further away. <laughs> you know, I really want them to be with me. I really, I, my heart breaks for my kid. Ugh, ugh. It's like two different messages coming out of us. But God wants our kids with us. He wants an inheritance with those who are, as the Bible said, sanctified. That means us if we're sanctified, right? He wants us, he wants them with us, just like we want them with us. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to do that. And this is what he's saying right here. He's saying that, that they may receive the inheritance with the saints. 
our kids can be a part of salvation, a part of the family of God, a part of the kingdom of God, a part of the new life, a part of the born-again experience, a part of the power of God, a part of the plan of God, the design of God, you know, part of the molding of God, right? So I love this scripture because we can realize that God, you know, the scripture actually, um, when he says, um, let me see if I can remember it, uh, the potter and the clay, he says, can you say to the potter, um, you cannot, you know, what are you doing to me? And so he's, he's saying, why have you made me like this? So what he's saying to them is that I'm the one who can keep you malleable. I'm the one who can push in where I need to push in and let out where I need to let out. He's really showing us a beautiful relationship. He's really showing us that. He's saying, don't be upset about yourself. Just don't. Look to me because I am the one who can mold. And with your children, look to me because I mold. And that's what this whole thing is about. And that's why it's so encouraging for us as moms. Because we try so hard. And we have to be willing to admit that we miss it. We try so hard to make our children something that we want them to be or think we be or we think, think they should be or think that we've heard God say they should be. And there's nothing wrong with all those things except if we are not willing to let him mold. If we're not willing to let him say, that is not at all what I'm doing. <laughs> Sometimes we're so proud, we're like, my child will do this. My child will be that way. And that's where we have to say, no, you know what, Lord, I thank you that you're molding my child and you're making my child. And I am with you in this. I want your prints on my child. I want your shaping on my child, not my own. So receive that inheritance to be a part of what God is doing, the place that he's prepared for our children, but also for all of us, but also the part of walking out daily of sanctification. And this is another thing that's going to be very helpful for all of us here. Sanctification is not a one thing, and it's not a, it's not a word that's outdated either, okay? So I know sometimes people are like, I don't want to be called sanctified, or I don't want to be sanctification, or I don't want to be, that's a hard word and all this. It's not like that at all. It is a process of becoming like Christ daily, and that's where our children are experiencing, becoming like Christ daily. So we want them to be able to be free to become like Christ daily. So we want them to receive the inheritance. So what is the sum total of all this? And this is my closing. That God is the one. It's all in Christ, as Paul has told us. He wants um, our eyes to be open. He wants our children's eyes to be open. So if your eyes are not open, at the end of this, I'm going to pray for you. If your children's eyes are not open, this is the beginning place that you can pray for your children. And then he wants us to turn, to see the light, to walk from darkness, to see the light. Sometimes our eyes are just very, very dark. Sometimes our paths seem dark to us, and he wants to shine his light. He is the light. He wants to be there. He wants to be the one. Then he wants us to have power over Satan and sin. He doesn't want it to master over us, and he doesn't want it to master over our children. He wants to set us free. And then he wants to give us an inheritance, and he wants to give us forgiveness and an inheritance. And that, of course, is um, something that we can't give our children ourselves. We could give them a natural inheritance, obviously. We can give them houses, land, money, 
but we can't give them the inheritance that Christ can give them. And we can't give them the forgiveness that Christ is offering. So that's what we want to pray. All right? So, Lord, we thank you that, first of all, that you are the one who opens our eyes. And I pray for each woman here that you would open her eyes. Each mom, as you will, would have her mommy eyes open, her mothering eyes open. That she would see her child in a different way, she would see her own life in a different way. That you would open her eyes to see the light that you're bringing to her and to her children and to her family. Lord, we want your light, and we know that you are the light. Reveal yourself to us in that way. Father, sometimes it's so hard for us to figure out where the light is, and, but Lord, we know that there is no shadow in you. It's all light, and so we thank you for that light being clear upon each woman here. Thank you for that light being clear on each woman here. And Father, we thank you that they have the power to turn, to turn from things that they've been doing wrong, to turn from things that... Um, are not like you, to turn from sin. And Father, to walk on the path of where you are, to walk in the power and in the victory of a life with you. And Father, we also thank you that each woman gets to receive forgiveness and to receive the inheritance that you've promised to us. And that our children also get to receive the inheritance and the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for coming. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for touching each woman's heart, each family's heart, each child's heart represented here. And Lord, we receive from you, we say yes to what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to tell you how to lead your child to Christ. This is so important. When you're a child, when you pray, we talked about, some, several of the ladies talked about having prayer time and different times, meeting times and all this. Uh, you can talk to your child about spiritual things. Uh, the message of the gospel is simple. We are sinners. Christ has come to save us from our sin by his death on the cross, and he invites us into a relationship with him and forgiveness of our sins. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, we shall be saved. It's the same message for our children. Okay? Very simple. Kids who have questions, don't be intimidated. Answer them or say, I'll get back to you on it. And then ask, are you ready to give your heart to Christ? They can do it early. They can do it. And it can be legit. And then pray with them as you would a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a mom, a dad, anybody. Pray with them and celebrate with them. And then be, take them on the path of the foundation of being a Christian. Okay? Bless you.